What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Oh. Welcome to the Safe Continuities Cast, <laughs> episode 146, I believe. Podcast. Uh, podcast. Broadcast. Uh, my name is Tommy Selby. With me, as always, Sinead Howard. Hi. Mr. Ryan Jermaine Robinson. And, uh, Sinead, tell us, tell us about what you've been doing this week. Um, Let's hear it. Playing, uh, Bird by Sleep. Um... I I got to a point where I was super underleveled. Um, I couldn't figure out why. Yeah. Uh, I figured it out. Doing well with it now. Okay. Um, Almost done? No, there's like three playthroughs of that game. Each of the characters have you play, play, play through it again. So no. I'm a third of the way done. Okay. <laughs> um, it's like Nier Automata. So you got to play that right? game 26 times. You know, really only have to play it three times. But you will play 26 times. That's how many letters are in alphabet, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, 26. I started Pokemon Go again. Uh, me and Birdo have been playing it, and it's been really nice. Are you playing it again in preparation for the Let's Go games? No. Okay. Because uh, you can take your shit into that game. Awesome. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, they did some updates, and then, um, I don't know. I was just feeling nostalgia. Uh, nostalgic for like the summer everyone walked everywhere. That was a good summer. It was a good that summer. That was a crazy time for fucking mobile game, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm like, uh, and I work, uh, I work, um, at a museum. Not like with the museum, but I work like inside of a museum now. So there's a bunch of pokey stops. And I see people all the time playing it there. So, um, well, It's kind of like a little place frozen in time. So, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been playing it. Um, I have just been having it uh, since I have amazing battery life, my new phone. <laughs> I've just been keeping my apron, like, on and, like, walking around with it. Sinead, so I've been, you should be working, okay? I am working. But I'm also getting those steps and getting those candies. Sure. Um, and when I take a bathroom break, flipping those pokey stops. <laughs> Cool. Uh, and then, uh, that's, get that for you. no, that's fine. Battery life's fucked now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what else have I been doing? Oh, I've been reading a fuck ton. What have you been reading? Uh, a lot of fantasy books. Narnia? I've just been reading Narnia over and over again. Cool. Um, Ryan? Yeah? What you been doing? Well, uh, I've been, as you mentioned during the newscast, I've been playing a lot of Battle Royale games. Okay. And upon reflection, I feel that my, uh, my newfound enjoyment of, of those, uh, it's, uh, it was interesting to me because I, though, I remember before, like, I was terrified of Battlegrounds. Like, I couldn't play it. Because uh, the anxiety just... I mean, you played it. You played it pretty okay. Yeah, but I, I was, like, terrified the entire... There was this... Like, and, like, what pushed me over almost was Tom sitting next to me, and then a guy, like, when, like, a guy, like, came into the room, like, he screamed and almost gave me a heart attack. Yeah. Um, and I just, like, I can't play them. It's too much. But then I, I, I got into it through Fortnite, and then I went through H1Z1, and then I've been playing most of, mostly, like, kind of a balance between Playroom's Battlegrounds and H1Z1 and having a really good time with both of them. Um, 
started up uh, Assassin's Creed Origins again, and I'm having a lot of fun with that. Um, a lot of uh, that's a lot a, of killing. Yeah, it's a it's a I like it because I like a good revenge story. So that's basically what that game is. Um, I want to get to the story because I want to play that Mummy DLC. Um, uh, Just play the Mummy Demastered. Nah, <laughs> I want like I want some full three D mummies. I want some polygonal mummies. Um, and also, I haven't had running water in my apartment for three days. Why? Uh, a water main exploded. Did Did Cinnamon do it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, a water main burst uh, outside of my apartment, and uh, the uh, the city has taken their sweet time with fixing it, and that really sucks. Uh, going to be reimbursed for anything? So yeah. what what ended up happening was, um, like, so they they repair they they were working on it yesterday, and then I get a text while I'm at work, like. Hey, uh, so they were repairing it, but the repair failed, so it's going to take another few hours. And then I get a call from the apartment complex, and they're asking me, like, yeah, so it's still not done. And, yeah. I, and I was like, well, how long is it going to take? Because we're going on two days now. Now it's day three. Um, and they were like, uh, well, they've got the repair done, but uh, they want to give it some time to set. But we're going to give you a key to uh, a vacant apartment so that you can use a shower and toilet in that apartment. Oh, uh, so that was, but the th it was kind of bittersweet because I went to that apartment last night, and that apartment is huge, and I'm like, man, I wish I lived in this apartment. Yeah, and I could conceivably afford it, but at the same time, it's two bedrooms. That feels like a waste. No, man, I mean, one's one the game you, room. One for you, one for someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, it is a really nice apartment, uh, and I might, I might move into it. I don't know, but yeah, being like, I didn't realize how much I would miss running water. Uh, I miss it a lot. <laughs> You should be getting some sort of compensation because your apartment's technically not livable without the running water thing. So. Well, it's livable when they give them access to this other apartment. Yeah. So it's fine. Uh, Texas Apartment Association would side with you. Well, I don't know. Um, if you guys didn't know, Sinead is the Texas hammer. <laughs> she, uh, she knows law, mm -hmm. water law. Yeah. Water law. She specializes <laughs> only, in water law. <laughs> only water yeah. law. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically been it. Um, yeah, I I want to go. I want to get back to playing some battlegrounds because I really like it. Sure, I'm, I'm really into it. And how many bottles have you peed in? Uh, zero. Mm. Um, You're surviving it well. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, um, you know I I play uh, I play battlegrounds on computer, mm -hmm. um, and I've been playing with a controller. And I've been killing people while nice. playing with the controller. I imagine you would. And it feels really cool. Nice. It feels really good to People me. playing Fortnite on phones are killing people on PC. I don't know anything about Fortnite. I don't play that baby game. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I killed a I killed a guy by punching him. That was really that was really awesome. Oh, those are always like those are always like the most tense for me when I don't have a weapon. I'm just like, oh, oh. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was really funny. Um, and. Uh, I killed a I killed a guy and I took his I took his he had a really flashy jacket on and some really cool glasses and I I wore it and I felt really cool. You so, should. I've been having fun. I have a friend cool. that a friend that plays uh, PUBG where he only will wear the clothes of the victims he has killed. So he goes in naked every time. Yep. Cool. I like that. So. What about you? What are you playing? This week, because of the Steam sale, 
I've oh. purchased Trials Evolution. Great. Trials Fusion. Great. Trials of the Blood Dragon. Okay. Orcs Must trials. Die 1 and 2. Okay. Raiden 4. Blaze Blue Calamity Trigger. Blaze Blue. Blaze Blue. Uh, River City Melee. The Basement Collection. Very fun, by the way. Old School Doom 3. And Puyo Puyo Tetris for like the fourth time. I've been playing mostly Trials Evolution. Uh, still the best Trials game. Really excited for Trials Rising, as we talked about during E3. And uh, what else? I played about half of Subsurface no, Quarantine Circular. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really awesome so far. Uh, I didn't realize like you play as many different characters in that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm liking the lot so far. I'm sure I'll finish that up here pretty soon. Could you say so far at this point, are you liking it more than Subsurface? I gotta see where the story goes. Okay. Yeah. The... the because the, the, I'm, I'm think I was thinking about I've been thinking about picking up Subsurface for a while and I, I don't know why I've, I've been hesitating on it because it's a very small investment and yeah. like but in, both monetarily and, and also in terms of time. Uh, but um, one of the things I I really have a lot of trepidation about with uh, uh, games of that nature is like does this does does Subsurface end in a very you know satisfying or like a like a um, like does it does it? I hate stories like that where they just kind of just end and there's like no like real satisfaction to, like anything. I was very satisfied with the ending of Subsurface Circular. Yeah. Uh, Is there only one ending? Well, I mean, I guess technically there's two because at the end you make a choice. Okay. But uh, yeah, Subsurface had like two very like, blah, like <laughs> mind blowing moments, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to get that same thing out of Quarantine Circular. Is the revelation that they were on Earth the whole time? <laughs> no, you already know. You know that straight away. That's right. Um, Subsurface deals much more with AI, whereas Quarantine Circular so far deals with uh, aliens mm. and plague. Mm. But uh, really cool so far. But yeah, that's it. Trials. And this. That's yeah. about it. I played a little bit of that uh, River City Melee. Yeah. Um, I haven't played it yet. It's a. It's really. It's really cool. Um, I bought it because it was the only River City I didn't have. Yeah. It's yeah. a. It's a. It's a really cool game and uh, like the di like pulling off the different like, special moves for each character is like they're cool and like a lot of them are um, there's very specific to like certain specific circumstances like. Are you holding an item at this time, mm -hmm. or like, are you coming down from a jump or stuff like that? It's really neat. So is it a fighting game? It's kind of. It's like. Yeah. It's okay. So it's kind of like a. Um, it is very much a. Uh, like you have okay, there are four teams, and each team like each round like each team sends one person in to fight. Okay. And then you have to be, like you have to beat everyone else. So it's like King of Fighters, Smash Brothers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give it a shot at some point. Um, I also wonder if you can share, if you can do family share with more than one account at a time. Well, I would assume so, because I know that I could also share with Shanae, and I'm already sharing with you. Yeah. We should, all, we should all just share our Steam accounts with each other. Because we're a family. I'll get you up to 500 games overnight, Shanae. Yeah. Oh, man. You just can't play the Battlegrounds. 
There are, yeah, there's certain, uh, like, user license agreement games that you can't play. Yeah. But, like, the majority of them you'll be able to play. Mm-hmm. Hey. Yeah. And uh, you share with us, and we can up our Otomi game so that when you want to talk to us about those, then we can keep up. Yeah. I'm down. I almost bought, uh, and I probably will buy before the sales over, uh, Analog and Hate Plus. Mm-hmm. Have you played those? Mm-mm. No, I want to uh, play them. Like I've I've, I've been I've interested in them before even meeting you. Like not meeting you, but before like you know, befriending you. I'm like they are some of the highest rated Otomi games. Yeah, I've seen people talk about them on the forums. I yeah. just haven't. I, I haven't played them. I think Analog is before Hate, even though it's like Analog colon a Hate story. I I do think Hate Plus is still a sequel to Analog. So, so if Oto- if the purpose of an Otomi is to fall in love, is Hate the opposite of an Otomi? No, there's still like relationships and falling in love. Oh. And then also, there's plenty of Otomis that have bad endings for the character that hates you. Sure. So mm. I mean, I mean, they call it a bad ending, but I mean, if that's your goal, yeah, that's, just... a, that's the best ending. Yeah. Yeah, so I might pick those up. It depends on what you want in your life. Love hate. or hate. I love hate. Do you have any trivia today? No, I didn't bring any trivia. Oh, I also played uh, Monkey Ball Ticket Blitz. Oh, nice, yeah. Which is super awesome, except you have this trackball that's like the size of a basketball you're doing this with. And uh, <laughs> the course is like straight away, the first course is like littered with holes for you to fall through. Yeah. Because uh, you know, it wants to take your money. Yeah. Um, Did so you fall any holes? Oh yeah, it's super fucking hard, but really fun. You also got to experience firsthand the disappointment of the Injustice Arcade game. Yeah, the Injustice Arcade game is a joke. It's just a, it's just a blown up version of the mobile game. Well, there's like, there's not even like a joystick. It's just big buttons for you yeah. to hit. Because the mobile game is just you Wait. just tap the screen. <clears throat> yeah. No, you think you can't, you can't move your character? Nah. I mean, I, I didn't play it. But, like, like so, I assume you can move your character. Well, I think it's more like Infinity Blade, isn't it? No, okay, so, like, with uh, the with the game, is like, instead of moving your character, you just tap the screen to do different attacks, and, like, you tap or swipe or whatever to do different attacks, but you don't ever actually move the character across like the screen. Like, freely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's disappointing. So that was really dumb. Uh, I played a really awesome alien uh, light gun shooter, like Alien, like the franchise Aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was so much fun. And I might go back just to play that again. Sounds like a good time. I like a good, uh, like, a game. I haven't played one in a yeah. while. Yeah. Very generous, too. Like that? Because I played a long time off of one credit. I mean, obviously, it's determined on skill as well, if you die quick, obviously. But, like, yeah, I played a long time. Is it, like, is it like a, um, is it like a, like a Terminator or like a Time Crisis? What do you consider the difference to be? Where Terminator, the gun is fixed? No, you, you pick up the gun. Okay. Uh, you've got three inputs, trigger, uh, reload on the bottom of the clip, and then a grenade button. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. So I gotta play that some more. Yeah. Saw some Ghostbusters arcade, but like it looked real dumb. So I didn't play it. Did it have proton packs? No, it had like this gun, right? That shot like physical balls. No, at you. a screen. No, thank you. Yeah, I've strange. seen it. No, thank yeah. you. I wanna, I wanna do, I wanna hold a proton pack. Yeah. If I'm playing a Ghostbusters game, 
uh, in the arcade, I want to hold a Proton Pack. They had that Walking Dead arcade game that's supposedly pretty good, but I didn't, I didn't play I didn't that. I know that there was an arcade game. Yeah. I've been hearing a lot about a, uh, like a really big, like a, like an enormous, uh, like, new, uh, Space Invaders game, or... Yeah, I played that. I was bad at it. It looks awesome, yeah. but I'm not good at it. Okay. Um, yeah, last week, uh, we went, me and Berto went bowling with, uh, some friends, and we played, uh, at University Bowl, they had this, like, giant arcade, uh, giant Connect Four game. I played that. It was, one. uh, nauseating. I loved it. Well, it's just, like, all the circles, and, yeah. like, they have, like, the lines around them, so it all just kind of felt like they're all, like, zooming in, and I was starting to get, like, weird, like, vert- I don't want to say it was vertigo, because I've had vertigo, but, like... It was very similar to that feeling. Sure. I was like, I am not like this. Yeah, I was into it. But, uh... They also had four-person uh, air hockey there. I did that, too. And that was... Lost horribly. That was fun. Like, four people against each other? Yeah, like, everyone, ha- everyone has one side of the table. It's a square instead of a rectangle. It's an elimination thing. Hockey royale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Start up the hundred players. <laughs> uh, uh, was there any pinball? Is there a no, pinball? there's no pinball there. I feel like there was a, I saw a pinball machine at University Bowl, but I, but I, we were with uh, three other couples. There was eight of us, so it's like yeah, I miss playing like but, actual pinball. But uh, I'm actually pretty good at pinball. Uh, yeah, and I like it. Uh, what else did we play there? I played something else there. Else, there's no T. Holy shit, Tom! <laughs> Says the guy who says also. Also, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sarah, would you pick on Tom, huh? <laughs> no. You invited it into your life. By... No. No, I'm just. Uh, I'd like to go. I. I. We. We're supposed to go to that. Uh, that pinballs place, right? Wasn't that what it's called? Yeah, Sinead had promised but to take us, and then but she then, never but did. Then so. Ryan. Actually, Sandy asked me about that today. She was like, "Sinead, we're gonna take you to pinballs." If like, no, if probably Ryan, not. If Ryan doesn't. Uh, it doesn't work on Sundays. Well, I also have Mondays off now. I don't have Mondays off. So. Well, you can take Tom to pinballs, so he can have a good time at least. Yeah, you can take me to pinballs. Alright. You have to pay, though. Yeah. Okay. See? I want lunch, too. You, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can buy your own lunch. Yeah. Alright. Alright, so today, uh, today wants me to educate... <laughs> The children. The children on certain things, but we're not going to do that. Um, we're going to each educate each other on different things. Uh, All right? Sure. All right. So, what if, what do you guys, what should I, what, what are we going to talk about? What am I going to educate you about? Okay, so. What's something you want me to know more about so I can stop saying stupid stuff besides new metal? Hmm. Let's talk about platformers. All right. So, Sinead. Tell me how to be good. Let's talk about 2D platforming. Okay. All right. Interesting thing about 2D platforming is in older games, old like 2600 games, right? Like Pitfall, let's think about Pitfall, right? I'm sure there was platformers before that. That's one of the earliest ones I can think of. In Pitfall, the Atari 2600 had how many buttons? I don't know. One. One, okay. A joystick and one big red button. 
right? And that big red button was your jump button, right? So you can move left, right, and jump. Uh, so you have one movement speed. So that kind of gets you used to like hold to the right, press the jump button when approaching a jump and you're, you're good to go, right? I mean, that's definitely simplifying it because pitfall is pretty fucking hard, but that's the basics of jumping from one platform to another in that game, right? Mm -hmm. Then we get into uh, the 8-bit generation and like that, specifically uh, the most popular one, the one that saved video games as we know it, Super Mario Brothers, right? So I was actually showing this to Bradley a few weeks ago, he was playing that game. Uh, then we moved on to Super Meat Boy and, and similar games. Uh, the interesting thing about Super Mario Brothers, and I think that a lot of young people don't realize, is that, so on an NES controller you have two inputs. Not counting, like, as far as like actual face buttons, right? You have A and B, that's it. Once again, two big red buttons. Uh, the B button is your run button and also your power-up button. So if you have like a fire flower, that's what you're shooting with. The A button is your jump button. And I find that a lot of younger people playing old games like that have a tendency to walk and try to jump over things. When in actuality, like you should be holding that run button pretty much the entire time. Yeah, as I'm older, I've also realized I should be running constantly. And that has improved by platforming some. Sure. How come that's just not this at a full speed then? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I guess there are times when slowing down is helpful, right? Yeah. Because, like, there are jumps in that game where you make the jump and immediately after that jump, there is another jump. And if you don't hit that right, you might need to stop and slow down. Uh, even in, in that game, in the first Super Mario Brothers, Mario has, like, a quick turn, right? He has that weird sprite where his arms up and his legs up. Yeah. Uh, that's for, specifically for him slowing down. So I guess it could be useful, but there are many jumps in that game that you cannot make without running. So like if you just see it and try to take your time with it, it's not gonna work. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, then let's get to like, we go into 3D games, right? So Mario 64, uh, and even some other games, crap. Early Crash? No, Early Jack. I think Precursor Legacy had some of this. In that jumping, there were multiple ways to jump, right? And you experienced that this year with Mario Odyssey. Uh, yeah. Mario 3D Mario games have many ways to jump. I think Sunshine might have the most ways to jump, but maybe Odyssey does. Hard to say. That, that cap really adds another uh, right. aspect. But like, jumping in those games... You have a jump and you have a running jump, but you also have wall jumps, you have triple jumps, double jumps. Odyssey, you have the whole cap. In uh, Sunshine, you have Flood. And there are specific jumps in those games, most of which are not necessary to just finish the game, which you did, you finished the game. But for like certain secret areas, there are several secret areas in those games that you cannot reach without doing specific ones of those jumps. So learning those are really, you know, that's very advantageous. But, I don't know. What, is, what advice can you give on platformers, Ryan? Uh, <clears throat> zero, because I'm bad at all video games. That's not so. Uh, I, I don't know of any games that I am good at. Um, 
and I that is a that's something that I that I I think about fairly often is like what game like I I have played video games my entire life mm -hmm. and I but at the same and I don't know if it's you know if it's an internalized thing or what but there there isn't a game or like a franchise that I consider myself to be actually good at I watched you uh when we did I don't know if it was when we did Extra Life or not, but I watched you play... No, it was when it released on 3DS. I watched you play River City Ransom, the NES version. And I'd say you're pretty fucking good at that game. Now, that game yeah. doesn't require a lot of, like, physical skill, but you have that game pretty well memorized, yeah. you know? Yeah. I guess I never thought about that. Yeah, there's definitely some things about that I, for I forgot, and then you brought it up, and I'm like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's just not, yeah. Um, like, I, I get lost in that game, you know? It's pretty easy, too. That's why I have most memories, because I remember where I'm not supposed to go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm bad at platformers, but I try to improve upon it. But I, ha but I have noticed that with platformers, most of the time I will uh, not mute the background music and mm -hmm. will actually listen to it. And normally, help finding the rhythm and the music will help me with timing my jumps. Mm -hmm. I've got a game for you. It's called Bit Trip Runner. Oh, yeah. I have played that. Yeah. It's really more of a rhythm game. But I guess, yeah, technically it's a platformer, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, let's let's go over some uh, some Street Fighter vocabulary. Or even just fighting game vocabulary. The Magic Pixel. Uh, chip Damage. Uh, denial. <laughs> uh, punish. Do punisher. we know what a wake up is? Wake up is when uh, you're getting you 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 were knocked down, uh -huh. and then you get up and you do a thing immediately. Right, you do an attack immediately. Right. Yeah. So in Street Fighter, we most commonly see this with like a dragon punch. Yeah. Uh, and that's very very useful to know. Mm -hmm. uh, what else? And you got your three D fighters though, where like you can. I don't know if this is still a thing. Really, this is as much now. But I remember back uh, in the early days of the Virtual Fighter series, one of a uh, key strategy to the wake up, as it's called, is rolling to the left or right mm -hmm. and to get kind of an angle on the enemy. And then as when you get up from the roll, then you push the kick. You push the kick button because you get that you get that wake up kick on him, and then it immediately knocks your opponent down. Yeah, well, interesting. Like I played a lot of Tekken Seven after you bought that for me. Mm -hmm. uh, like one hundred percent of that that thing. Uh, I'm real bad at 3D fighters about using the depth, you know, like my mind just doesn't work that way. Yeah. But I still feel like I got pretty good at it without that. Mm -hmm. uh, do we know what a cross-up is? I don't know what a cross-up is. But uh, I... Isn't it? No, just tell me. I, my, I, I'm assuming my guess is wrong. So a cross-up is a move that very quickly puts you on the other side. Oh, I was going to be right. Yeah. I was like, isn't it where you just switch... That's like uh, King of Fighters. You got the you got that roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the roll could be considered a cross up. I think. Yeah. Although I think, well, I don't know. <clears throat> I guess I don't really know if a cross up has to have an attack associated with it or not. Mm -hmm. But most of them do. I was like, I know. Uh, I can't remember which game, but I mean, like, there's some like where you can just like grapple and switch. Yeah, and it could be it could be a jump. It could be straight through the character. But uh, yeah, cross up. I think up. my favorite thing about fighting games is how on the surface they're all like very similar, but getting down and playing them is like, they're so different. 
like King of Fighters is a is such a different experience from Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Street Fighter is a different experience from Killer Instinct or Mortal Kombat. Well, it's funny. The first time I played the newer, the Double Helix Killer Instinct, uh, I was like, they just copied Street Fighter, you know. But then actually going through and playing more of it, I was like, no, they really have their own thing going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say stylistically and visually, it's it. It invokes Street Fighter. Well, I mean, even things like uh, all of your attacks are mapped the same. Yeah. Uh, You know, things like EX moves work the same. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of games outside Street Fighter have that. Street Fighter invented that, but yeah. Um, Everybody knows what a parry is. Yeah. Do we know V-Skill? V-Skill? No. Is is that specific to Street Fighter, though? That's specific to Street Fighter Five. Yeah. Uh... Variety skill. Uh, I actually don't know what the V stands for. Virtual so it could skill. be. Could be variety. Does anybody remember the Comedy Central show Viva Variety? No. No. The house band was Real Big Fish. Uh, anyhow. They did the take on me. Did they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. Uh, so V skill in Street Fighter V, you hit both medium attacks at the same time. It's something that every character has that they can do at any time. There's no meter or conditions needed to do it. And it's just a different style of attack for every character. Uh, so what is the advantage to not doing that every time you do that move? Not doing what every time? The V-Skill. I mean, you could do it every time, but it's not gonna help you in certain situations. So V-Skill is very, uh, you typically a very simple move. Like with Ken, it just makes him dash forward. That's it, you know? So that could be useful at some points, but it could also be really bad at certain points. Um, with Chun Li, or no, with Cammy rather, it's uh, the V skill is a cross up, so it just puts you on the so other side and hits, it, and hits back. Wait, so the v, in that instance, the V skill is an attack. Mm-hmm. Okay. With Ryu, it's a parry, and he's I think one of the only characters in that game that has a parry. Okay. Uh, so yeah, there's V trigger. V trigger burns meter, so you have to build up your V meter to to use V trigger. Right. And that is typically something that will like augment your character, right? So like with Chun-Li and Ryu, it like adds fire or water to the attacks, just makes the attack stronger. Right. Uh, stuff like that. Do you know, do you know about like the isms for like the Alpha series? Mm-hmm. So in Alpha 3, there's three different isms that you can select from uh, after you select your character. And these all determine how your super meter works. So you're gonna build meter in the same way regardless, but like, you know, Street Fighter Alpha has a huge roster and that specific, like changing the way those meters work, uh, basically multiplies, multiplies that roster by three. So you've got Xism, which is most similar to like Street Fighter, like Super Turbo, where it's just one meter that you burn immediately to do a super move of some kind, right? Super powerful, but you go, you got one shot at it, and that's it. Uh, you have Aism, which is like the most commonly known one, uh, where you have like three chunks of meter, and you can use different attack buttons to determine the strength of the super move. Then you have Xism, which is what the most like high-level players that play that game typically use uh, in that, no, Yism. Yism is that one, Xism is the super turbo one. Yism is basically a custom combo. You activate it and that meter burns and does 
that turns everything that you do into one long combo. So can you do that in every Alpha game? Or no, just, just the three. first one. It's actually it's kind of funny, like, Alpha 1, 2, and 3 are, like, very, very different from each other. Mm. But, uh, yeah. I have a question. Uh-huh. Uh, and... I, I, mean, I don't know if you maybe, like, know this. So, the, the game that comes to mind, I know other games do this, like, uh, is NBC3, where, like, you can pick uh, like the three different kind of types whenever you pick your character. Yeah. What is the advantage of necessarily having that? Is it like just adding a lot to the gameplay or is it just to make up mechanics of other stuff? Uh, that's, I, I mean, I do think it adds to the gameplay in that like in games that, in fighting games where you have the ability to tag in and out, uh, one, typically the character that is tagged out recovers some life. Uh, and two, it's, you know, if Ryan and I are playing against each other and I have a character who's about to die, it's best for me to switch out to somebody else. So that adds a level of strategy, st strategy I'll say there. I like the like, projectile, like the kind of like different modes you can play the same character in. What do you mean? I don't understand. I so, think I know she's talking about, but I can't play. So like, like when you play, pick like, uh, like Deadpool or whoever, like there's like the three different, like, um, like, varieties of, like, like gameplay oh, for that character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. The alpha games have that, too. Yeah, that's not... Uh, I don't know that alpha does. Alpha might... I was like, I, I know other but games But a lot of it. fighting games yeah. have that. Yeah. Um, does, but it just, does it, like, make it, I guess, like, more of a balanced or imbalanced game? Or does it just, like, add more... Another mechanic to a fighting game? Or... Yeah, Is yeah. there, like, some something that, like, makes it... In your opinion, like better than like other games it's that don't do it. Almost similar to the uh, variant system in MKX, though. If we are talking about the same thing, I'm I'm assuming, that, and I'm assuming we are. I can't really remember from from Marvel, uh, but it's basically selecting what super move you can do. Yeah, that's not. Uh, I feel like some. At like, least in like most Capcom games, so this is why I assume that MVC is that way. That's what you were doing. Okay. I think so. It doesn't like add. So it doesn't really change like the type the, of the type of well, combat you'll be doing I, with that I, character. I think in uh, I I I feel like I remember in uh, MVC three you were choosing like what kind of assist uh, someone would have. I think you might be right. Um, because okay. there because you had the, you had your tag button and you had your assist button, mm -hmm. uh, and the assist button would. Uh, and so, like you, like sometimes people had like an assist that would be angled up. Some people had an assist that would be angled straight forward. Uh, and then, like a lot of times when you were choosing those characters, you would choose which one of those you wanted to have. Yeah, you might be right. I think I think you are. I just picked them at random because I didn't really understand that part of it. Yeah. Yeah, you see that a lot with fighting games. Uh, five has it where you are like that is what you're doing. You're picking what uh, you want your super to be. Um, Ultra four is probably the most interesting iteration of something like that because you are picking which version of that character you want. So like vanilla Street Fighter 4, uh, Super Street Fighter 4, Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition, Ultra. Uh, so you're picking the balancing for those characters from those specific games, which is why like Ultra 4 blew up, right? That is probably the most played version of that game, but it's like probably the most broken, you know? Because you're playing like the arcade version of Ryu versus the Ultra 4 version of Guile or whatever, and it's just, it's, it's crazy. I'd like to revisit uh, Capcom versus SNK, uh, specifically because, specifically because I remember um, every character, I remember every character uh, in that game had a Capcom version to them and an SNK version of them, 
and I've never, and even while playing that game, I was never really clear on what the difference was between the two. Yeah, I've never played much of that series at all, but I do know that those were developed by SMK, not by Capcom. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, MVC3 tonight, so you said Berto played a lot of MVC3. Yeah, right? yeah, he He's did. a tournament uh, person, right? I don't Did you kill something? Yeah, she just killed a bug on the wall. Mm. Yeah, it, uh, it was a black spider and had a red mark on its back, um, so I just assumed it's a bad kind. That's uh, Jordan. He's my friend. Yeah, he oh. was your friend. Sure. <laughs> He's all my shoe. Do you want to have a funeral for him? Yes. <laughs> so, I, you know, I've been thinking about, and this episode makes me think of it, about it, too, for like a year or so now. And I've brought it up to you guys, I'd like to do a series where we teach each other certain things, like in-game. Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan and I played some Marvel 3 maybe a month or two ago. And, like, showing him how combos work in that game. Because combos in Marvel 3 work way different than most other fighting games. Showing him how you build combos in that game, uh, which is very simple. It's just like a clockwise mechanic. Typically, not for every character, but for most characters, right? Yeah. Uh, light punch, light punch, medium punch, or light light attack, medium attack, heavy launcher. Yeah, I had and a lot. Then rinse and repeat. I had uh, mild success being decent at that game. Of but course, like, it was much, much better, so I never felt like that. But what I really like, and there was a while back where I tried to show him Mega Man, and like, watching his success in those games so quickly, you know, like within minutes, understanding those games probably at a deeper level than he had before is very interesting to me. I think we could all do that with each other. But Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. I think that all three of us have genres that we for some reason like hadn't touched just because like at first glance like they weren't interesting to us uh, personally. Um, most times I'm just intimidated by certain genres. Yeah. Like well not like not like your fucking Euro truck simulator. Yeah, simulation racers, yeah, I'm bad at those. Uh, or like RTS, I'm usually pretty bad at, you know. Uh, a lot of the time I will, you know, when looking to get into like a series or a, or a genre, or I guess a, a specific series or franchise, I, I usually do research on it. And like, like if it's more simulation based, yeah. uh, then I'll usually look into like what kind of time investment am I looking at for getting the basics down of this game. I'm terrible at twin stick shooters. If y'all could like help me out with that. Yeah, I think that a lot of the time when people struggle with twin stick shooters, they uh, they have difficulty with reconciling like the very basic concept of moving in a different direction than you're shooting. Um, which is something that like when I first which is the premise of the yeah like a lot of, of like, like, <laughs> I, I think about like the times where I would my first twin stick shooter, which I'm pretty sure was Smash TV. Um, and like my natural tendency was to boot, do both sticks in the same direction because mm -hmm. um, it's just that at the time that's what made the most sense to me I just get overwhelmed by all the stuff on the screen and that's what I was about to say like I think that twin stick shooters not always but typically as well as bullet hell are very very similar to each other and almost like you know, twin stick shooters are like the precursor to bullet hell in a way, in that they're more about avoiding than they are about shooting things. Yeah, you know? I'm bad at avoiding. Yeah. <laughs> I get shot a lot. But I think most people like concentrate on attacking, you know, when they should be concentrating on getting the fuck out of the way. Yeah. 
but move. Uh, yeah, there's a uh, there's a game that. <laughs> Sorry, this all thing about was if you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. <laughs> <laughs> there's a game that I uh, that I did check it out on, gosh, a while ago, um, called Tormentor X Punisher, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably one of my favorite twin stick shooters to come out in a while. Um, and I think that I, I think that game would actually because it's not it's not by any means like the most complicated or difficult one, but I feel like it has a lot of stuff in it that would be good for like skilling you up for like other more for difficult. Babies. Uh, yeah, maybe for babies. No way, dude! I don't think that's game for that game is for babies at all. It's 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 got it's got some mechanics in it that I haven't seen in other twin six shooters, but I think that it's I don't think it's as uh, it's hairy pretty quick. Yeah, but I think that uh, a lot of them, like, I feel like I, I had an easier time with that than I did with, um, like, a game like Maximum Carnage or, uh, or anything like that. Maximum Carnage? Total Carnage, sorry. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. I think that's a, it's a, I feel like that game's like a good starting point. Or maybe even... I think Stardust. Maybe. Um, Stardust or, um, what's the other one? What do you think, Resogun, maybe? Re- well, yeah, I mean, Resogun technically is twin stick, but you're only going horizontally, you know? Yeah. So I don't know that that necessarily helps you with, you know, learning most twin stick games. I'd say, like, Nano Assault or, yeah, Stardust. Or even, like, Geometry Wars. Geometry Wars is a good one. Yeah. Um, and, like... Geometry Wars, I don't know if the first one has it, but the second and third ones do. Uh, they have the pacifist mode, which I think is like super good training for those games because like you don't shoot in pacifism mode. Like you just you just move the ship, you know? And I feel like taking those steps definitely helps. And most twin stick shooters aren't gonna offer you that. Yeah. But But I think that uh the I think that when people focus on attacking, like, because you you fixate so much on killing what's right in front of you, and then you're not paying attention to anything else. Yeah. Um, and the thing about the thing about those games is that like, no matter how good your shooting is, if you're not good at getting out of the way, then you're not gonna yeah you're not gonna last at it. But, also, like learning like learning hitboxes, uh, like this was a long time ago we were talking about uh, bullet hell. And I was telling you that, like, your character model can get hit all over the place. There's just, like, a little dot in the middle of the character, and that's the dot that can't get hit, you know? And some games show that to you very well, like Death Smiles, it is a giant fucking, like, gem in the middle of the character, you know? But other games don't. Uh, There are definitely twin stick shooters that work that way, where, like, you might see something that looks like it hit you, but it goes straight past you, you know? I think, and I also think that there's a lot of... um... There is a lot of uh, crosstalk between the skill sets for twin stick shooters versus shoot 'em ups. Mm-hmm. Um, like I felt like if I got really good at Raiden, I'd also I could also hold my own with uh, Total Carnage. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, like ever since you said you got Raiden four, I'm like I want to play some of that Raiden four. Yeah, I think that only the newest one is uh, six. I think <clears throat> six or seven. I don't know. Whatever the newest one is, that's the only one I don't have now. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ryan. Yeah. T- 
tell us, uh, teach us, teach us something. Hmm. Well, I think that a lot of what I would, I think that a lot of what I would teach someone about video games would have a lot to do with perspective, not so much, you know, with honing a specific skill. Um, there are a lot of games where I, um, like for example, like I, like I was talking about with, um, with my newfound interest in Battle Royale games, whereas I had none before, I think a lot of that had to do with, um, I had learned, like I jumped into what was of, of the main ones that people talk about, like the one that was like the most like, uh, I don't want to say the most tactical, because I feel like that's not, probably not apt, but uh, the one that was probably leaned hardest toward like realistic, like bullet physics and things like that. I mean, there was a lot of CS players that jumped over to that. You yeah. know, um, and, and then like just basically I felt like if we're talking about presentation alone, I feel like I kind of just jumped into like the deep end of the pool like immediately. Sure. Um, and there's, and like, no, and you know, knowing what I know about myself as far as how I deal with like uh, stress, stress, and like external stimuli, you know, that was probably like the worst idea. Um, but like, you know, take like getting into like any genre, like not just battle royale, but getting into any genre, and like finding like a good starting point. Like for example, uh, when you did that, uh, check it out on um, what was that fighting game? Huh. That um. Like the, that, that fighting that you did, like you said, it was like Baby's First Fighter. Oh yeah, what was that called? Battle Fantasia. Battle Fantasia. Yeah. You know, and like, like as opposed to like immediately jumping into like uh, Blaze Blue. Yeah. You know, like someone starting with someone something that's like, like more simplified than that. Right. And uh, and like by no means do I feel like there. By no means do I feel like the mechanics of Fortnite are simple because that building stuff is like I don't have the mind for there's that. definitely a, a huge level of strategy to it yeah. but you know if we're talking about based on like presentation like uh, it was just more f it, I, I learned to it's cartoony it's cartoony it was like more welcoming there, there's like the big part of what uh, uh, of what got to me with battlegrounds and maybe to a similar extent h1z1 was like like those periods of just silence where like I'm the only one on the screen and like nothing is happening and then all of a sudden like gunshots like right next to my face and it's just like it was too much um, but like kind of easing myself into it was something that was like really uh, like vibrant and like there was always something going on so I never felt like I was being taken by surprise yeah um, like in learning kind of like to ease myself into things like that um, I feel like that was something that uh, that I took for granted a lot. And I think that there are a lot of times where people will tell me that they aren't, like they would try a game of a specific genre and they just couldn't get into it. Mm -hmm. And it was because maybe that game, like the mechanics of that game were like too complicated and they kind of just turned them off and they hadn't really skilled up to something like that. Well see, you know, that's where, where I think my problem is with like, especially with RTS, yeah. is that I feel like there's very, and I'm sure I'm wrong, there's thousands of RTS games, right? But I feel like there's a huge gap there where, like, I'm fine with, like, Warcraft. Yeah. Pretty easy to me, you know? But then, like, you jump to something like, I don't know. Civilization? 
No, civilization's not really the same, though, right? Like, yeah. maybe like Total War, yeah. you know? And that's like way more intimidating to me, yeah. you know? Uh, and Total War, I could be wrong, but like in Total War, you like micromanage the smallest things, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's weird. Uh, I don't know why. I'm really good at turn-based, but I've got time to think with turn-based, you know? I don't know. And and that's another, and that's one of those things where it's like... So, like, what do I do there? Yeah, and that, I think that strategy is a little bit harder, right? Because there's... Because there's... You got your turn-based and you have real-time strategy. Right? Yeah. There's... Yeah, there's definitely a learning curve. But I thought it could be said about, like, obviously most games. But, like, thing, like especially puzzle games. Mm-hmm. I feel like when it's, like, a different kind of puzzle... Like Catherine, mm-hmm. I found the game extremely difficult until I figured out kind of what the pattern was. Yeah, and it's kind of just the same with RTS. Like figure out what most people, like most players, sh- like in the game sphere, like what their general like strategy is, and you can quickly learn how to counter it. And then as you come across like different ones, you will like every match you will learn how yeah. to counter things. I guess what I'm saying though is like for most genres, I'm able to find. Here's a beginner game, here's a little, you know, an intermediate level game, and then here's the really fucking hard shit. And for RTS, I feel like it's always one or the other. Well, you know? it seems like with... I, it's either too easy or way too hard. With I feel like, uh, like starting a new RTS that like just comes out mm-hmm. is a little bit easier in finding that middle ground, because everyone's figuring it out. I'm not even talking about competitive play. I'm talking about just like solo campaigning this shit, you know? Oh, well, yeah. I think that a lot of the times, like, and I and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of your, a lot of uh, the games that you that you play, uh, what you're doing is kind of like very much in the moment, mm-hmm. whereas real time strategy involves you like thinking further ahead, right. Than you know what you're used to, and it's sure. and it's hard to kind of shift your mind from like reacting to something in that instant versus mm-hmm. like like thinking two or three moves ahead. Yeah. Um, and that and that's a that's a very specific kind of skill set that like which would account for the fact that I've never been a very good chess player because I, <laughs> I can't do that. Um, See, chess I'm fine with. Turn base I'm fine with. You yeah. know. Um, I you ever play the speed chess? No, I'm no Bobby Fischer. <laughs> uh, and and with that though, I've also learned to. Um, and this sounds really. Um, I think I on on one hand, like when I say it, it sounds like it's kind of taking accountability from the developers, but that's not what I mean at all. But um, I've learned to kind of my I've learned to kind of enhance the experience that I'm having with specific games by kind of um, being creative with what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, for example, I think that my best, most contemporary example with that is with um, State of Decay Two. And because it doesn't, the game, like, outside of the fact that there are zombies everywhere and you're trying to survive, there's not a lot of context to any of the characters. Like, they all have backstories or traits that are, like, procedurally generated. Yeah, but nothing you really care about. Right. And so, like, I take, so, on one hand, like, on a very mechanical level, I can be frustrated by the fact that, like, I lost this character because he was really good at... Like, he was really good at, like, medicine, or this character was, like, really good at, at, at firearms or whatever. So that that's frustrating on a practical level, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, but I've gotten to the point where, like, I, um, I've gotten to the point where I, I've 
feel like I've gotten really good at like creating like stories of my like of my own imagination for these people and like I create I've created context for like the relationships with each other like these two people uh, they've been dating since the beginning of the apocalypse and uh, then like let's say like one of them dies right yeah so then I start playing the other one like like very much like <laughs> like grief stricken like, like, it's like really reckless and like takes all the, like the most resolutions like because they don't care about tomorrow because they don't because without you know and it's just it's really that's it, funny it's and it's fun and like it's 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 role-playing by myself yeah basically um, See, and it's funny you say that, like, I've, I've found myself doing that in games like Tetris or Luminous, but, like, it's always the same story. It's always, okay, the construction group's here, okay, the demolition group's here, like, that's it. That's always the story. Yeah. Um, and I, and it's funny because, like, at first, like, when I would do that, like, I would become, I would become consciously aware that I was doing it. Yeah. And then I'd start, I would feel like, like embarrassed like no one else knew what I was doing it but like yeah. I would feel embarrassed about it because I was like like yeah, some people need that you know yeah and, and, it's, and it's not to say that like by like that I think the game is bad or that it's boring but like but you want that there yeah but adding that to it for myself and even like and I even do it like on a very the, I even do it like on a minimal level right like um like I think about um like I don't know like I'll be playing something like um like just cause right yeah and i'll think about like like when i'm destroying like uh uh, uh like a fuel tank like a big fuel source thing that i think about i think about like <laughs> uh what kind of uh how that's gonna like gum up the works for for like that regime like how inconvenient that's gonna be like how they're gonna have to reallocate yeah, yeah, all yeah. the resources because i ruined i destroyed that supply line and that's and like the game never comes out and tells me that's what happened right but i decide that like that is what is happening do you do you find yourself doing that in uh pub actually i recently did yeah um because there's like no fucking story there yeah, really you know? yeah and like and i think in and for what that game is that is fine but it like there is like a satisfaction that comes along with it like I think of, like I thought like I was just recently playing uh, I did I did duos with a random guy the other day mm -hmm. and like I thought about like like what if this was a movie mm -hmm. and like we were just like like we're two people and we are fighting for like I very much put a like a, a like a death race kind of narrative behind it I was like all right you and I were teamed up and if we win like we're prisoners on this island and if we win we get our freedom so like other games. Is it is it that? Pretty much Hunger Basically, Games. Basically, yeah. I thought Hunger Games was just like if you win, like you're like a hero and like they leave you. Your uh, your district gets like a bunch of like extra food. But also the living. But is it? But is like, it? You know, also the living. And also and like bullied. you don't yeah. die. Also you get like better. But like quarters. isn't that like, like you could go back into the Hunger Games at some point? Like you could get slain. You weren't supposed to, but then you could. Because oh, that's they needed to make the second one. Yeah. But like I like the, the I love the idea of like. Catching like, fire, I think it was. Like two, like two, like two <laughs> yeah, like, complete the strangers. Like these two complete strangers who like no reason to trust one another, but we rely on each other to survive. And it's just like that whole like just creating these like little micro narratives uh, with games that I play has like enhanced like the enjoyment of every game. And we're like, if I'm playing it like if I'm playing it by myself, like I um, I very much enjoy the idea of like. Like and I feel like there's a, like a narrative 
that like a really like unspoken narrative to that game by itself uh with like the whole like survival aspect of like just dropping in and just like like the frantic search for like weapons or supplies or whatever and i feel like that's a narrative in and of itself because i i think that the funny thing about games like that is that when you play them and they very much are and i think this is by design is that when you play it you are very much compelled to kind of recount the uh the the events of of that match like like what happened like how it happened like I felt like I felt a compulsion to like. Well, you have to do that, right? Yeah, like I felt. Oh, and I feel, and I feel like I, you know, I feel like a compulsion to like tell someone about how like this guy opened the door and I and he, like he startled me and I pulled the trigger instinctively and killed him, uh, and like like having that there is and like learning to enjoy that part of it is is like a really huge thing for me. Um, and I find that I do that a lot in single player games, and 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 I think that, um, I or like games where like my my experience is uh, independent of, you know, anybody else around me, um, and it's not something that I really do like in multiplayer games. Like I don't really do that in games like World of Warcraft or anything like that because it's kind of just like. I don't really have time to think about that sort of thing. I kind of just, which is ironic. Well, and it's more. There's more there for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a there's a fuck ton of lore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there like, is even, so much lore. But it, but that's funny because even with games like uh, the Elder Scrolls, right, where there where like there is lore everywhere, um, and there's a story, there's a huge backdrop for what's going on. Even with games like that, I find myself still like creating stories and like and like I'll create like a like this because especially with Skyrim right there are no predetermined classes so like everything like every class in the game is like you created it right uh, and so like I, I would build these archetypes like I, I built uh, I built what the closest thing to what I would consider to be a bard in that game and you know I had a whole backstory for that and um, like I don't know I think that like enhancing my enjoyment through like my own user narrative has like i feel like i've gotten better at that over time and uh and i think that it's given new life to like games that like i would have shelved long ago like i i feel like i would have been done with fallout 4 like a while back if i wasn't always doing that every time i played it um maybe that's why i dipped on it yeah but like I've, I've almost platinumed fallout 4 yeah i've never beat fallout 4 yeah <laughs> well, also that I kind of feel like it's necessary with a game like that because that story isn't terribly interesting. Yeah. Um, I we should we should do a deep dive like research and do a deep dive into the uh, Bethesda verse. Yeah. Because like from what from what I've been told, like the Elder Scrolls series and the Fallout series and like all all the Bethesda Softworks games are like part of some alien's dream or something like that like don't actually exist yeah and like that's and i remember when you had told me that yeah. like i was immediately like every everything <laughs> yeah. everything about all of those about <laughs> all of those franchises is immediately less interesting to me sure because i i hate the idea that it's and like i get it like on a on a macro level like it was imagined by an actual person right and put on a paper right no it's, it's like it's like those tv episodes where it was all a dream yeah i hate it's, that it's like fucking, i want i want stupid. this to all like in, well i love mario too that happened. Well, in the world of those games, I want this to have actually been happening. Like, I don't want it to be, like, somebody's, that's like, not, imagination. That's not like Mario 2 has, like, the deepest lore. No, it doesn't. 
No. Um, it's not like you're really super emotionally invested in it. Somebody is. Sure. Somebody wants to know what the deal is with Fanto. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I, I guess like, and I and you know, and it's not something that like I can, it's not something that I can educate anybody on, but like, you know, giving that kind of person, like, I think that it is important to change your perspective on on specific kinds of games once in a while because I think that there are there are there are different ways to look at games where maybe you didn't enjoy it like like on a different way to get sense of satisfaction and enjoyment out of the game for yeah, sure. But like you looking at it through a different lens can, like I think I think it can really basically make a different experience for you. Uh, so again I'm not educating anybody on anything but that's just that's just what I think. Point well made, Ryan. Thank you. Yes. Educate us, or lend us your perspective. Um, it's not like I'm educating you guys. I mean, I've... You might be. But, um... I want to I I, recently... I take, take a quick second here. Shanae, I don't think you realize how much stuff that you know that Tom and I have no idea about. That's true. I feel like there's not much I, I know that y'all don't know. <laughs> but, um... So... I've recently been hanging out with a lot of people who just like casually game or just getting into it and or even just getting into um, tabletop role-playing games mm. and they don't and there's like basic concepts that I think we all know um, that like they just are just kind of learning and I find it really interesting like one of them um, they didn't understand the mechanic of like a raid party like having a tank DPS and healer and the different like and picking balls a tank <laughs> and picking like your yeah. character based off like how you want to play yeah rather than like aesthetic or like oh well I like this gun but like using a sniper rifle as like an SMG <laughs> right or trying to but um with that I've also been having conversations about um RPGs and MMOs uh but um, one of the things I want to talk about is RPGs, as far as your side characters in the game, and really using them to their full potential, just because I feel like a lot of people... You mean like characters in your party? Yeah. Okay. Like side characters in your party. Like, really, uh, I know a lot of people don't put like a lot of effort into them, and they're just kind of focused on themselves, and like leveling themselves up, rather than like really creating a party that fits all the needs of what you need. Uh, and that's, and, and there's a lot of games that like have characters set out, like, like with especially JRPGs, like obviously the one with the big collar is a gunner. <laughs> the one with the, the magic hat is a magic person. And kind of, it fits those physical archetypes. But there is, what? Nothing good. No, but there is also quite a few RPGs out there that you can level them up to be more than one thing. And they have the stats, like the base stats, to really be more than just like the spellcaster. They can be a spellcaster slash healer. Sure. And people don't really use it, take those in advantage, and rather, and will give themselves traits and attributes because they don't think the side character is going to do it. Um, especially a lot of the more involved RPGs um, do have it to where you can set kind of their priority on spellcasting or their priority on certain spells themselves. Uh, like, uh, because I've been playing it a lot, like Kingdom Hearts 2 has it where um, 
has it where like um, whatever skill sets you give Donald and Goofy, you can say like all like use this first, frequently use this, or never really use this yeah. for emergencies. And setting and they don't really put a lot of like time delving into that, and rather just themselves. And they also use they also just get tired of all the grinding that happens in RPGs and don't really use it to figure out what is going to. I guess enhance their party and like having like AOE attacks they're like oh well like if I'm gonna use it against a boss it's not gonna matter there's plenty of boss fights that you have to fight like a billion a like enemies before you get to that boss yeah it's advantageous to use that grinding time on trying different things out like and people people are so afraid of dying or not getting the XP they need to get to the next level because they think the next level is gonna be so much better that's honestly how I feel like a lot of people get burned out on RPGs and don't finish them, is by not really using what's there to their advantage. Well, it's funny, you, you talk about, like, you're basically talking about builds, not when you're talking about the grinding and all that, but what you were just talking about really comes down to builds, right? And, like, there are, I think the reason that a lot of, especially newer people to games, don't realize that is because so many games don't offer that. There are a lot that do, right? There are shit ton Killing Floor, right? Killing Floor has very set classes, but like, I was playing uh, SMG character. It's still, if I if I do play Killing Floor, that's what I play, right? But like, and yes, it's a shooter, but there are RPG light RPG mechanics in it. But they released like a dual perk system. Uh, so, like, even though I'm still classified as SWAT, I'm also a tank, I'm also a healer, you know? But I think there are many games that are straight-up RPGs that don't offer any of that, you know? Yeah, but it was like, um... The reason I... I... Like, you're playing Diablo 3, right? Yeah. Like, you know where you're going to dump everything into. Yes, there are different builds you can do, but as far as being helpful in certain ways, like, you're kind of limited to your class. Um, well, the reason I brought the builds is to bring it into the parties and really use that, like what we already know, like into really being into your party in a lot of games, like figuring out what you want as like your more of your close range fighting, figuring out like what I guess like to useful for enemies. I do think it's really helpful for me personally to research a little bit, like a quick Google normally will tell me what are just a quick little google just a quick little google what your side characters are going to be like <laughs> and also um like a lot of the websites like not spoiling the game will like have the stats of the base character when you get them right uh like what they're going to do and it can really give you an idea of how much you can progress that character and really how you should look at them um like well it's funny too like games like that like, what you're talking about in general will allow you to play very creatively, and a lot of people don't realize that, you know? Yeah, like, a lot of people uh, hate on Fantasy ten too, mm -hmm. and, like, the dress spheres, and having, <clears throat> and being able to change that, and when you stat your characters, like, it's going to make, like, Yuna or Pain or Riku, like, better at certain dress spheres. <clears throat> but it also comes down to, like, equipping items as well. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, well, this has the best stats for this, so I need it. Mm -hmm. It is advantageous to sometimes give, like, if you have, like, a magic user in your thing and they do a lot of, um, of offensive magic spells, like, giving them gear for that to where they're not dead weight. 
they're not like not really helping you as much instead of like trying to basically one man that with cheerleaders on the side. It's yeah. funny because like I, and I thought about I think about Final Fantasy right and it 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 bounces all over the place in terms of what kind of choice or what the level of choice is going to give you as far as how you develop these characters like you know you know we talk about, like you take the early Final Fantasies right with like the job system right. And you mix and match like you know I want to make I'm gonna mix this monk skill with black mage skills right, and whereas you have um, but then you have like a game like um, like Final Fantasy I don't know uh, nine, and like everybody pretty much has a like kind of a set role right. But then you get to ten and like you have the sphere grid and like you could you could like have someone, you could take a character and like have them wander into like the base skills like another character and make a whole other uh, different character. Um, it's just weird how like it's, Final Fantasy is really weird in, in how inconsistent it is with like the level of choice it wants you to have over how you develop your characters. I think what, el what else is like pretty important for JRPGs especially is that like even if you're not offered that level of freedom in how you're building out your party, mm -hmm. uh, you should still look at it as a collective unit, right? Like as one unit, not yes. not your main character and three other people. Right. Uh, like, I don't know. Most recently, which was not really recently, but like I am Setsuna. Uh, you got like this tank dude, right? And like, we get into a fight maybe halfway through the game, and I'm just dying over and over and over and over again. And it's not until I worry about this guy's skills and give him provoke because he can take the hits and nobody else can right. that we are successful, you know? Like, looking at it, even if you don't have the level of customization for each specific character, uh, looking at it as a unit, you know, I think definitely helps. And I think it helps with the lull that comes with JRPGs. Like or RPGs in general. Laughing out loud? The L U L L lol. The oh, okay. like the with the grinding specifically, like you seeing that as just like ugh, to get to the next thing instead of using that time to see how your group works versus like if you encounter just one enemy in the wild or like three. Yeah. And figuring out the most effective ways to use AoEs or single attacks and what's really gonna be doing damage. I mean, people like I think are aware that that's what it's there for, but I mean it's called grinding for a reason yeah. because it's because it can be extremely tedious. But if don't you, you think that like uh, specifically to avoid boredom, like probably don't over grind, don't grind too much because there are so many JRPGs but gonna, but where I grind the fuck out of it and then the rest of the game is fucking boring as shit. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's it's hard to know where that stopping yeah. point is though. Uh, and it comes from using the save. Yeah. Uh, save button as much as possible before you go into a boss fight yeah. and realizing if you need to grind some more or not. Like, just like that's everyone's that's everyone's concern with uh, Nino Kuni 2, right? Is that it's way too easy. So much that they're actually adding a hard mode now, you know? Um, and then also, um, what I was talking about earlier, seeing like single player stats and what you can do with them. Like, um, and Bradley Default, uh, the characters that you get there's really only one point in like one category that's like really different between the four of them. So they can really, or between the three of them. And you can really do a lot of different things with them in that aspect and not really set to do it. But a lot of people are like, oh, well this girl originally kind of looked like a witch so we're gonna make her that. And I notice a lot of the parties are the same, 
but I'm not really looking at that one point of difference. Yeah. Uh, which sometimes makes or breaks the game because the only real big, only real way to change like the base stats kind of without like the class and like or and the gear and stuff is like these little uh, buns that you can buy later in the game, and really using that to to add like a min max kind of thing. Um, I do enjoy, uh, which is probably why I enjoyed Persona so much. Then maxing out like character stats, I think it's I think it's really like it's like a game in itself. Like, how can I do this best way? And I find it super interesting. And sometimes I completely fail at it, and I just spent forty hours on that. Yeah, but when you get it, it's so good. It is so good, and but like also it's seeing that that time of figuring it out not as like wasted. Like when you could have been playing the game, like you are playing the game. Yeah. Like and but also, it's um I think a. a <clears throat> a lot of both, we mentioned it earlier with RTSs, <clears throat> always just being uh, reactive instead of like proactive and thinking three steps ahead. I think a lot of people have a hard time with, I'm not saying that you in particular, but have a hard time with RTS and seeing the small picture and the big picture at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and uh, like, and I feel like that perspective, like you mentioned earlier, really helps with the JRPGs with seeing things as a group. Yeah. with seeing like, where you need to maximize things see like think about where you are in the story and where and that is important by like looking into the, the lore i know a lot of people just skip through it because it's a fuck ton of it more most of the time but like it gives you a, honestly i feel like it gives you a lot of hints and perspective where you should be in the game where you kind of are as something if you're just learning about new things and normally you are in the beginning of the game if you're finding out like characters that you've already recognized the names of and like things that are to be coming or this person is coming, then you can kind of figure out where you are in the middle towards the end. Well, it's hard with JRPGs, right? Because like you'll have certain games like well, some are, have like, vocalization issues. Sweep in that can kind of just throw you straight into it. Where you'll have like certain earlier Dragon Quests where like you're at the beginning of the game for forty hours. Yeah. You know. Uh, I think one of the things that I think people struggle with with uh, RPGs, well, specifically with JRPGs, and if you're just coming into them new. From like, uh, if you're if your primary, the the game that you played the most was like third person shooters, right? Like, the game is like taking you from from beat to beat, like without like you having to do anything. And I think that sometimes people struggle with uh, RPGs in that like, well, I expect this to also be a like a linear experience. Like, just let me go from this place this place to this place without having to worry and like without thinking about like. Well, I need to develop these skills. Like, I don't know what these numbers mean. Just like take me to the next, like bad guy. Yeah, and then you get to a point where you're like, when under level, they didn't realize it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that also. Oh, well, I mean, then you get Final Fantasy Thirteen, right? Like that's basically what that game was made for. Even Fifteen and Kingdom Hearts, to an extent, are that way. But like, obviously, with Thirteen, that was not exactly what people were looking for. Even though yeah. Square Enix thought it was. And I feel like even. Oh, sir. It's okay. I feel like even like with with Western RPGs, those those are, I feel like those are, getting closer and closer to just like straight up action games. As I, as oh I totally, um, but like it's it's action games with more numbers on them, you know, and yeah, um, and so even even like even if I were to go from, if I were to go from you know a Western RPG, like if I were to go, if I were to try to go from Kingdom Kingdoms of Amalur, mm-hmm. and then try to jump into like a Bravely Default, like I've. You know, I, yeah, I, that's, that's a giant, that's very different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah, it's. <clears throat> yeah, I Well, the, the Atelier games is like, that's so much about, like, cr- 
crafting and alchemy, like that's that's definitely a bit different than a lot of just regular. Here's your Final Fantasy game, you know. But I mean, but even then, like with I don't know, even then, I think the advice can still apply is to see what like people in your yeah. A yeah. group is and like also just like a quick like I said a quick Google I think is a, my is my advice um, before you start an RPG um, just to see what the side characters are like yeah and what you can really do with them like you there's plenty of information out there that is really easy to avoid spoilers about like the story if that's what you're interested in but like uh, I'm so terrible uh, the Final Fantasy fourteen not fourteen uh fifteen. 15 where you whenever you had the multiple characters and they would have like the different names for the combos and like the skill sets oh, they would right, have right, right. uh like uh that was actually pretty interesting in my opinion um uh, obviously it's not my favorite final fantasy game but like i i thought it was pretty interesting like being able to give them the different skill sets and pairing them up and seeing and like i i liked i like the names yeah. I, I like i thought that was fun i thought it was fun finding new pairings and what works for situations um, First Final Fantasy that I ever beat. Really? Myself. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, but my advice uh, with, especially JRPGs, is, and when you have, like, side, uh, when you have, like, people in your party that are, like, side characters, uh, just really pay attention to how you can utilize them, because I think that you'll get uh, a lot more enjoyment out of the game, I think that you'll have less time, or you will be like, oh shit, I'm underleveled, and then go have to grind, like, yeah. and go back. I think focusing on uh, not focusing, but p putting it as somewhat of a priority of seeing it as a group is uh, really advantageous. I think looking, like like you said, like looking online before you start a game is helpful, specifically because a lot of these, those games, uh, JRPG specifically, like they they make a lot of assumptions about, about whether or not you've played a game like that before. Uh, they make a lot of assumptions that you understand, like you know, like all like what these numbers mean and like what these stats mean. And when you start a game, you want to get into it. So yeah. yeah, like I'm also guilty of it, like a skipping like tutorial stuff. I'm like, okay, yes, I get, I get how to jump, I get how to block, blah yeah. blah blah. And then it's like, hey, do this, and you'll like you'll level up so much faster. And I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever, guy, I don't care. Like, I well, I also think it has a lot to do with a lot of games. Even if they have a tutorial, it's often not a very good tutorial. Uh, which is why I, I try to point out when I play a game that does have a good tutorial, like Killer Instinct has a phenomenal t tutorial. Yeah. Uh, in that, like, and the new the new uh, Trials game seems like it will have a great tutorial. In that, like, many games tell you what things do, but very few games tell you how to put that into motion. You know. Yeah. No, I definitely can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's my advice. Pay attention to your party. Yeah. Thanks, Shanae. Uh, anything else, guys? Stay in school. Okay. Don't do drugs till you're an adult. Oh, well, alright. Okay. Um... I feel like you have more fun with it in high school. Um... I don't know. Eat more fiber. Uh... I, th I would say... Take a chance on a kind of... On a type of game that you've never played before. Because you might find a new favorite kind of game. Okay. That's probably true. Yeah. Uh, what I'm saying is you should be playing Euro Truck Simulator right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you liked it. Yeah. A lot of people like that farming simulator. Yeah. So. Uh, I think that if you tried it, 
you might find the loop interesting. Take, sure. Take a poop break before you play a game for the first time. Spend the entire poop break just Googling a little bit about it. Nah, I feel like you want to go Prepare. into every game with a full colon. Prepare by emptying your colon nah. and reading That's like five mode. minutes or less of a Google search. Yeah. I think it's okay to realize that a game's just not for you and bounce. Yeah. Yeah, don't, like, like, that was kind of the thing for me, right? Is that, like, they're, they're kind of like how, like, a lot of the times, like, people, like, I always felt like the Beatles was one of those bands that I was supposed to like because everybody likes them, mm -hmm. and then I would just listen to them only because I thought I was supposed to. Right. Uh, and I just wasn't having a good time. Right. And, that, and there have been games like that. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there would be, like, like, for example, like, I would, I was, I played a lot of, Modern Warfare 2, despite the fact that I was not having a good time. Yeah. But, like, I thought that I was, like, everybody else liked it, and I just couldn't, I wasn't, try, I was trying not to accept the fact that it just wasn't for me. Sure. Um, what I'm saying is Call of Duty is garbage. That's not, not what I'm saying, but. I had that conversation earlier today. With who? Uh, with uh, James Sandusky. Oh. That he said Call of Duty was garbage. He didn't say that, but I was defending Call of Duty. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's going to be it for this week's episode 146, I think, of the Save Continue broadcast. <laughs> I'd be 147, actually. Maybe. No, it's 146. It's 146. Um, so, you know, if you're listening to us, because it seems like a lot more of you listen to us than watch us, uh, go, go give us a watch, maybe. Smashing that bell. Mm -hmm. Oh, see what our faces look like. You and will then... be disappointed. Yeah, nah. what, I mean, I always am. I feel yeah. like I'm a good-looking guy. I mean, not by you, Ryan, by by the two monsters on either side. Sure. Yeah. And, uh... Oh, also, don't play pranks on your friends, because they'll hate it. <laughs> That's true. Don't play pranks on your friends that aren't funny. It was fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> See you next week, guys. Goodbye. Bye.